0: Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you wanna discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story. And enhance the recovery even further. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me today again on the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. Kicking it off with a little bit of gratitude, I just want to give a big shout out to three of my amazing friends. These three have been pillars in my life, uh, so to speak. I wrote about them actually in my second book, Beyond Recovery, and that's Bev, Claudia, and Michelle. And these women, I've known them for 20 plus years, and all of them, you know, especially Bev, we knew each other in high school, um, they followed me into my addiction through terrible relationships. I made really bad choices, guys. And You know, into recovery, and they have been incredibly supportive of learning, you know, about my journey in recovery. Um, You know, they come with me to meetings, they have shared in this journey with me, and have never stopped loving me as a result of everything that I've been through. So today, I'm incredibly full of gratitude for these three women because they know how much they mean to me. If they're listening, you know it just it's amazing when you're able to build these friendships in your life that are such long-term friendships and you've been through a lot together so i just want to thank you guys big shout out and that's what i'm grateful for today super excited to share today's guest with you my friend austin linney but before we get into that you've heard me mention it if you haven't checked it out yet if you want to learn how to change your brain So you can change your story and enhance your recovery, even if you're not in recovery and you want to change your brain. My good friend Lane Kennedy and I have teamed up to create a short masterclass for you to get you started. And in this masterclass, there's going to be six change your brain activities, as well as six incredible meditations that you can listen to regularly that focus on each topic so that you can embed the concepts into your subconscious mind even further. And then we wrap it up with a 21 day challenge. And in that challenge, you're going to get a daily quote, an action item, a lot of fun things. It's, uh, you know, I've went through them myself. It's a blast. You'll have a lot of fun. If you want to learn more about it, check it out. We're giving a heavily discounted rate for this program. It is at www.theroadforward.ca slash change your brain. So go check out that class today and we hope to see you in there. So those of you that have met me in person, if you've gone for a night out with me, you know that I sometimes can have a lot of energy, right? I, if I'm excited about something or I'm enthralled in my work and I'm having a conversation about a topic that I absolutely love talking about, full of energy, I like to call myself an introverted extrovert, right? I'm an extrovert in certain situations in small, small groups, one on one situations. But especially when I'm talking to a fellow coach, someone who's in a state of recovery, and someone who is excited about changing their life, and sharing their journey to change the lives of others. And my friend today, Austin Linney, Is exactly that. Every time we get on a call, and it's not often, but I've had the privilege to chat with him a few times now, we could go on and on and on. And both of us get so excited when we talk about this life changing stuff. And on today's episode, he shares his story of overcoming his addiction, you know, what led him into a state of recovery, why he decided to change. We also talk about that victim mindset, right, that can keep us stuck for so long because I remember it very clearly I'd love to feel sorry for myself and I loved it even more when other people felt sorry for me right and that's why we have these amazing friends in recovery who can you know call us out on our bullshit and we talk about winning the day and what that means for Austin and we also discuss his podcast you know what inspired him to start it it's called construct your life so make sure that you go check it out leave a little rating review, follow it, because that helps get his show out to more people. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everybody. I'm hanging out with my friend, Austin Linney. How are you doing, Austin?
1: I'm doing great, I'm doing great, so happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you're on the show. So for those that don't know you, how about you do a quick intro, who you are and what you do today?
2: Oh my
1: goodness.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a long one. What
1: a, what a philosophical question. Um, <laughs> I am a mindset business consultant for, for entrepreneurs, but I also uh, focus in the recovery space as well too. Um, we are going through our second group right now in uh, one my fully lived recovery mastermind, teaching people um, after they get out of rehab, you know, investing business, mindset training, uh, relationships because I myself uh, was an alcoholic and, and drug addict for, for the better part of 20 years. Uh, I've been sober for two years and eight months. And um, you know, I really just want to give back to to others. Um, I really believe that in life you go through what you teach. And I think that those gifts, even though in the moment they might not seem like gifts, uh, are gifts uh from an outlook and perspective that I can lend to other people. Uh that really fills me up with with joy to see the light bulb come on for them uh when they're looking to change.
0: Yeah. And it's so nice that, you know, you're doing this as well, because I can totally relate. I had 22 years of addiction experience and I honestly never thought, you know, I thought it would follow me around in this negative way because, you know, regardless if we like it or not, there's still that stigma associated with addiction. And so I think that more people are speaking up about it, which I think is amazing. So I always usually like to kind of start what it was like you know, back in the day growing up, because I know everybody's story is different because Mm -hmm. there's always this perception that there has to be that abuse. And my story wasn't like that, right? When I started drinking, it was like liquid gold. I fell in love. It allowed me not to deal with my emotion. And there's so many different stories. So what was it like growing up for you and what led to your addiction?
1: Uh, I'm going to share that, but I want to share that on your point, the stigma you said. It's interesting because I'm in the real estate space you know, if people, I interviewed somebody yesterday, if people like lose money when they're investing, people go, oh, see, you shouldn't have done it. But in order to create freedom in your life, sometimes you have to take a risk. Is it really a risk? Right? And I think we need to kind of change the narrative. And for me, you know, if you look on the outside in, there's nothing wrong. My dad is yeah. probably one of the better dentists in, a, in, in the state of Texas. Um, as I grew up, we, we started living next to NBA players. We lived on a golf course, like, you know, that whole thing. And um, school was never really my bag. Um, very smart, but, but not my thing. And, and my parents said, listen, you're getting in too much trouble. You're talking too much. You're you're not paying attention. It's either military school or you got to move to to Beaumont. So Beaumont was away from Houston and, and it was different. It was the country. It was very small. And uh, I was like, well, I really don't want to go to military school. So let's just go here. Well, six months after I moved there, my parents came to me and said they were getting separated and, um, somehow, some way, I internalized um, that I was the cause of their divorce. And I don't know if they could, didn't correct me or I didn't let them correct me or what, however the hell it happened. Um, I was lost, I, you know, I was mad at myself for this and, and my dad was away and, and all these things. And, and uh, I started working in the restaurant business and in the restaurant business back in those times, you know, it was very prevalent with drugs and alcohol and you know i got introduced to, to cocaine and then methamphetamines and then uh you know just proceeded to abuse it pretty 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 regularly for about a year and as i look back on those times um you know it, it's really was saying like i was looking for somebody to love me i mean it, like i know what it's supposed so to say off the tongue now but i look back on it and i go you know i just had a conversation with an amazing woman for an hour and a half and we were talking about her kids and, and i want to drive something home to everybody when your kid is yelling or he's upset they're just lashing out so your kid that is freedom and creative they might actually be asking for discipline like i was asking for discipline like i wasn't asking for freedom i was asking for and so understand that these acts of violence or, or misbehaviors or or abusing alcohol or drugs, they're really just cries for help. And anybody that's been through it, like you and I have, know that, right? And so when we get sober, and it's something you and I talk about all the time, don't forget what it meant to be in the midst of that. Because that's how you as a client or a mentorship program or a recovery space connects with the humans, so you can feel their pain. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, we live in the society of judgment and, and this, that, that. You made choices. Great. But here's the, upper, here's the rub. Because you made the choices to abuse alcohol and drugs. You can make the choice to change your life. That's the gift. Yeah. And so one of the things, it's funny that you mentioned what you said. One of the reasons I don't think I got fixed for a long time was I didn't believe I had a platform to share how I felt because my life was good. My life was great. I had parents that had money. And so I didn't believe that my story merited. I didn't want to complain. It wasn't until somebody said your struggles or your struggles that allowed me the freedom to share my story. So that's why I share my story so openly to let people know that they can share their story and it gives them the freedom to do that.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you say that because I, Honestly, never thought I had a problem. I mean, I knew I drank too much. I was a blackout drinker. I started using drugs like life was pretty chaotic and I had pretty much lost everything financially. But on the outside, I had like people would look at me and say, really, you're an alcoholic like that's impossible. And sometimes I wonder if that stops people from actually getting help because I, you know, I was afraid to share my story just because I'm like, well, my story isn't special. I wasn't homeless. I didn't drink vodka out of a brown paper bag living under a bridge. Like, but I hit my own bottom and that was when I stopped digging and I made a choice that I'm not going to live like that anymore. So when did that come for you? When did you hit your moment where you're like, I got to change?
1: You know, I wish I could tell everybody that it happened one time, but it probably (laughs) happened about six times for me. Uh, but you know, what's funny, I, I interviewed a guy today who's 10 months over, you know, listens to my podcast and he said, and, and he said, this moment changed him and I, I think it changed me too. Um, I had a, I had a coaching call with my mentor, uh, I paid for a coaching call that I couldn't afford. And, and, you know, I just was looking for, for any advice. And at the end of the call, he said something in the last two minutes. He said, listen, um, if you were in a room 10 years from now, and you were in a group of billionaires. And you deserve to be there what's the one thing that would be holding you back and without flinching i don't even know where it came from i said alcohol
2: mm.
1: and that planted a seed and then from my mastermind i joined a company i started a company with two gentlemen who were nine and 13 months sober it was the first time in my life that i spent time around successful men that were sober i didn't even know it was an option <laughs> and so they said they said if you ever thought about it, you should give it a try. And for me, that was kind of the, the permission that I was seeking to say, there's gotta be a better way.
0: hmm absolutely. So what did, you know, I think recovery is different for everybody, right? Some people go through 12-step programs, some people go through treatment. I never went through treatment. I was very fortunate that way. I think I met the right people at the right time. But what did that early time look for you, like for you? Because I know for me, the emotions that I felt early on, I was like, Whoa, I've been covering these emotions up for 22 years now. Like what is happening? What is dripping out of my face here?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I, you know, I, I I tried to go 30 days. I made it to like 26. I had a drink. I was pissed off that I did. Uh, I waited 30 days and then I was like, look, you can go 60 days, like just go 60 days. Right. And, Because this is a recovery podcast, I'll be 100% open. I don't share this with a lot. I probably never shared this. Um, My coach at the time spent, he spent 14 years in recovery space, um, Mm -hmm. and he said, listen, you are like a rhino. He's like, you go, go, go. Like, if you just quit alcohol, cold turkey, I think it's gonna be dangerous. Like, and so he said, why don't you smoke weed? And so I was like, okay. So I I stopped drinking. And I smoked uh, like every night and that kind of like, I listened to music and I kind of like toned it down. And so I stopped drinking for 30 days and I was still smoking. And I thought to myself, man, I, I, feel, I fucking feel great. I was like, I feel really good. I don't have a hangover in the morning. And I thought to myself, like, what, what, if, I, what, if, I, what if I got off weed too? Like, what would that be like? And so I was like, oh, I'm going to get off weed. And so like, I just stopped smoking. And I was like, holy shit i feel amazing and then i made it to 60 days and then i was like what if i went six months like what if i went six months oh my god i made it six months what if i went a year You and i kept coming up with excuses like i'm gonna sign up for an iron man race so i can't drink and i kept giving myself these things but this is something really important it didn't share my story in the recovery for a really really long time because i didn't go to 12 steps and i thought i didn't have a leg to stand on But I realized as I started sharing my story that more people resonated with my story than they did the 12 steps, because to be honest with you, look, it serves a purpose. It's amazing. It helps so many people. But it can also be a very negative space. And I don't operate from that platform. I'm a coach. I'm an entrepreneur. We we look at the positives. We search forward. And so I didn't want to be around that. So that's one of the reasons that we started the charity group. Because the food they serve there is bad. And, and we're trying to get people healthy and all these things. And so um, I realized that um, I don't have a choice but to share my story. Because if I can help one person every day or, or one person a month or a year, then, then I owe it to myself to, to kind of do that. And, and I'll be honest with you. One of the things I want to share with people that I never talk about. I never gave myself credit for getting sober. It was just something I did. It wasn't until friends around me were like, "Dude, you were a fucking drinker. I drink every day for eight years, and you just quit." Like, do you not understand how badass that is? Like, what can you do? And it's not until they started telling me, "Like, dude, you need to like have a little compassion with yourself." and Go, great job, dude.
0: Yeah, you need to have that pat on the back. I'm sorry, but I yeah, I I think alcohol free living is becoming a little bit more common. I mean, you can see it more out there, people are promoting it without, you know, 12 step recovery programs. And, you know, it's my personal opinion that any way you can learn to live a sober life, I mean, what works for you, do that. Now, you know, you let's talk about a victim mindset, because I know Mm -hmm. I was really stuck in that. And that really led you to your addiction. But can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I actually don't think that drugs and alcohol are the problem in America. I think victimhood is. As mm-hmm. I've said it on every podcast I've been on today. It's the true crutch of, of America right now because when somebody is in victimhood, as I was, there's no getting to them. It's, it's everybody else's problem. It's this, that, and the other. It's external, you know, I'm going to stop drinking, but there's a party on, you know, it's somebody's birthday. And, and it wasn't until somebody gave me the book Extreme Ownership, I read that book. I took ownership of what I did, and I brought my things to the table. That I begin to shed uh, my part in it and, and take ownership because it's the things that you hide in the closet with the lights off that you think don't own you, but they own every part of your body. It's not until you bring them into the light and you and you and you let them not own you anymore that you can begin to change because. One of my specialties as a coach is victimhood. And let me tell you something. It is the most exhausting uh, thing to grab somebody out of that because it is like, I I told him today, my coach is on the podcast. It's like putting on snake boots and rolling up your sleeves with a machete and you're in there like, you know, knee deep in a swamp because that's what it is because it's nasty. And here's the thing. And this is what's scary as a coach and something I've had to learn in the last month. You can be so good at your job that you fix people so quick that they don't know how to act anymore. They're mm. so used to that toxicity, right? That they don't know how to act because here's the here's the rub that nobody talks about. Getting sober is really not that hard. Reforming your identity, not as an alcoholic, is the actual problem because that's more scary because you don't know who you are anymore. Because I'm just I identify myself as that. So you have to rebuild your identity, and that's the part that scares people to their core.
0: Wow, that really resonated with me because for so long in my early recovery, I didn't believe I could do this stuff, right? I didn't believe that people would find me credible. But then a friend of mine was actually a mentor of mine. I finally invested in myself. I, I didn't have the money. I finally invested in a coach. And I always encourage people to do this because, you know, the rate of return you get on that if you hire a good coach is tremendous. But she's like, Tamar, you have 22 years of addiction experience to drugs, alcohol, codependency, food. Like you've been through a lot. Can't you give yourself a little credit? Can't you actually use that? I mean, I always tell people, especially that are in recovery, that tell me that they're unable to you know, do a weight loss plan. They're unable to achieve their goal. And I said, listen, you have all the skills you need, right? You're resilient, you're persistent, because really, I mean, if someone said, well, you can't have that beer, would you say no? Would you like settle for that? No way. Like I remember counting when I was a teenager, counting pennies because I never had any money just so I could go get a six pack.
1: You know what's interesting? My co-host on my podcast, my other one, he's very analytical. He's very smart. He writes books. He said something that really resonates. He's not an alcoholic, but, any stretch, but he, said, he said, I want you to think it from this context. Think of a bullseye right and think of the goal is i don't want to drink for 30 days well that's really easy to hit
2: mm-hmm.
1: right but what if the inner bullseye is i'm an alcoholic it's really oh. easy to remember, remember, back to that
0: it is and that's why i believe for us to discover our purpose and it's what i'm passionate about right i work with people who are like well who am i to do this kind of stuff and help them light that fire within them that's like, hey, maybe I'm capable.
1: Who, who, who are you not to do? Yeah. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to the people around you because let's be honest, true story. When we become removed from, from addiction long enough, like I'm so far removed from it that sometimes it's very hard to resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But somebody that's six months, eight months out, I'd rather them coach you than me because they get it. Mm-hmm. And the attachment is there.
0: Yeah. And I was told that too by my mentor. She's like, Tamar, there's always someone right behind you, right? Always someone that can relate to your story. If you don't share that story, I mean, even if you help a handful of people by writing your book, you've done your job. Like, go for it. And so that's why I'm always so passionate about telling people, like, come on. Do some soul searching, discover your passion. And then you start to like, I don't know about you, but we talked about when we had a call previously that we're energy givers, right? Because I could do this stuff all day long. I was waking up when I had a corporate job at (laughs) 3.30 a.m. I'm just like, yeah. And people thought I was absolutely insane. But there's something that happens to you that when you found your purpose and you do what you're passionate about, you can't wait to wake up in the morning.
1: So I have no, no BS. And I'm not trying to flaunt, because this is not me normally. Twelve coaching calls, seven meetings, twenty-two podcasts this week alone. I don't. I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm good. Like because I just got off the podcast with a guy who wants to change the way that school systems are done. He's running a profit, and I was like, dude, not only am I in. Like I'm all the way in. Like whatever. It's like, oh my God, how would how would you add that onto your plate? How would I not? Because I don't have a choice. When when this life calls you, and gives you the duty that you're seeking, you don't have an opportunity but to show up for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I think you feel the same way I do because because I, I keep bringing the same analogy, but I but I want to make it very clear because this is a mindset shift. I get up every morning really early consistently, right? Yeah. And people always message me, what time do you go to bed? No, 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 wrong question. What sets my soul on fire so much that I consistently get up every morning? That's the question that you should ask. It's mm-hmm. like asking the fisherman how the fish taste instead of asking him how he caught so many.
0: I love that. I love it when we chat. I mean, every time we've connected, I we I do, I love these... when we are
1: <laughs> we're, so, we're so similar because we, we, you know why? Because we love what we do. We get to share it with others. And so that fills us up. And yeah. when somebody is filled up from the bottom up, you can feel it in the way they operate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I've been told that many times I've been talking to people and they're like, I can feel your passion. It's like, well, it's hard not to speak this way. Because when you get this fired up, like it's possible, you can have this too. So you talk about win the day. Can you mm-hmm. get into that? Because I love that.
1: Yeah, so goals are nice. And I think goals give you direction. But really, you know, there's a book It's called Slight Edge. Jeff Olson, amazing book. It's kind of precursor to, you know, Atomic Habits, before Atomic Habits came out, you know, that other book everybody talks about, but this was before that. And he talks about The problem with daily habits is they're so easy to do, they're very easy not to do. So here's the problem. You skip the workout, you're not going to die. You have the hamburger, you're not going to die. But over and over again, those little slights don't create the momentum. So what you're actually seeking is momentum and winning the day. So I took this from Andy Forsella. You take five things. These aren't goals. These are five daily habits. And when you get good at one, and it's too easy, then you remove it and put in one in. So I'll just give you an example. I'm gonna read 10 pages a day, walk 20 minutes, brush my teeth. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate for five minutes, whatever. So here's the thing: if you complete those at 11 o'clock, then you won the day. Then you know what's up. Here's the number one problem I see with entrepreneurship and people that are starting their businesses: they don't have any timeline on the thing. I'm gonna network with people. Well, when are you gonna stop? Are you gonna network with five people? Okay, if you network with five people on Wednesday, then you're done for the week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you stack, so I tell everybody, if, you're going to, if you wanna change your life, it's daily habits. And if you load it up for seven days and you do it, then you load it up for another seven days and you load it up for another seven days. So 21 days creates a new habit. 90 days of a lifestyle. I promise you that if you stack these small wins every day on top, it doesn't even matter what the results are. Because, you know, my favorite thing, you got to be married to the process and divorced from the results. Yeah. The results are just a byproduct of your daily habits. And so here's the rub. This is where it really gets tricky. If you write your goals down, your goals are only as great as the way that you view yourself from the past. That's deep. So even your goals aren't big enough, but if you show up as the best version of yourself every day, we have no idea how great you could be.
0: I, You know, and that's what I do. I actually use OneNote because I love the checklist. And I have things that I have to do every single day. Once mm-hmm. I've done that, if I'm tired or I'm having a bad day, I mean, which doesn't happen very often, but you know, I've been sick before. I'm I'm okay. But I have to do those top things on my list that I know are going to push the needle forward in my, my personal life, my health life. Um, and of course, that's always the first one that kind of goes back is my health. <laughs> and when I first became an entrepreneur, I had to learn the hard way that you know, I had eight extra hours per day or nine that I was working corporate. And I wasn't intentional with my time, what used to take me two hours to do, you know, now I could spread over eight hours. And I'm like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm even busier. So, you know, I always tell people, like, give yourself that period of time, shorten to time to make sure you get things done. So, you know, you talked about the mastermind briefly, can you get a little bit into that in case anybody's interested in learning more?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the previous one. I'm in, I'm in a different one now Mm -hmm. and and something, uh, on your point there, uh, about the personal and and business goals, what I get my clients to do, this is a little trick, this little trick. And and I guarantee you I'm, I'm, I'm 10 for zero. I always win. I make them write out their 10 top goals. And then I make them write out their top 10 goals from one to 10 in list of importance. Oh. And guess what the personal goals always come to the top we got to make sure that you are putting on your own armor first before you go out and attack the world yeah and understand that if you are healthy then your business is healthy Mm -hmm. if your mind's right your, your business is right and so by getting around what you're talking about these masterminds and these mentors getting around these people right water finds its level dude when you step in a room and dude's got 150 airbnbs you're like whoa huh. you can be uncomfortable and you can say you don't belong there or you can just show up and listen and stuff is going to seep in and then they start seeing things in you right I might have told you this before but uh Carolyn Colleen runs one life fully lived and she is one of the most amazing women I've ever met a uh, doctor uh, single mama three. She said, Austin, when I got divorced, I didn't love myself enough to change, but I borrowed the belief that my daughters had in me long enough till I believed it in myself. And when I got around these very successful men and they go, dude, you're really talented at this, this, this. And they kept reinforcing that. I go, I guess guess they're right. I guess I gotta go do those things and it, over time, you just kind of step into those things. You know? It's what I'm going to, I'm going to share. Some, I, I don't like to give away all my secrets, but, but <laughs> I want to, I want to share. I want to share something the reason that you cannot change. is you are too closely identified with your negative traits, mm-hmm. it's too wrapped up in your identity yeah. okay? because you can't see away from it. So this is what I do with my clients. So let's say that you have qualities about yourself that you can't stand. You're, you're lazy, you're late, you don't work out, you're everything. You create those qualities and then you make up a character. Mm-hmm. So that's basic basic Becky or you know, bitch, bitch Becky or whatever. And so every time that you do those, you say, oh, that's just basic Becky. Oh, that's just basic Becky. And what happens over time is you disassociate yourself from those qualities. And then they eventually just go away because there's a, you create a trigger in your mind to remove yourself from your subconscious of those qualities.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then you create a different character. Mine was Clint Eastwood. So mine was Clint Eastwood. He had the cigar on his hat. He had the poncho. And Clint Eastwood deals came to him. Clients came to him. He didn't rush around. He was a clear thinker. And so every time I would step in a room to network, I would say Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood. And what happened is I just became that person
2: mm-hmm.
1: And to so understand that the hero that you're seeking is only you five years from now. And so each five years you're seeking that next, you know, Ed Milet talks about this all the time. He said, my vision for myself is this. I believe that when I'm dead and gone, God is going to meet me at the gate and next to God is going to be standing. The best version of myself that he created. I want that guy to look at me and go, well played, well played. And he goes, I want to be as close to that version as I possibly can. And that's how I get up for it every day.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And you know, it does matter who you surround yourself with. I remember I had just started my first podcast before I had involved, it evolved into the Road Beyond Recovery And I remember going, join in a mastermind. Like I was invited by a podcaster. She's like, Tamar, join our entrepreneur mastermind. I'm like, I'm not an entrepreneur. She's like, you're going to be. And so I remember sitting there on the first call and no idea what anything was, right? And she's like, okay, do you have an email opt-in? And I just had this blank look on my face. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think so. She's like, yeah, then you don't have an email opt-in. She's like, don't worry, we're going to get you started. And it was... I literally knew nothing, but from December to April, I created my own website and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. This is just how like passionate I was. And I had finally fallen into this life that I was meant to live. Like I embraced it. And I started hanging out with people who believed in me, like you said, until I could believe in myself. And I started, you know, talking, talking, well, walking the talk, like I was learning and I was like this sponge and I was never really that good in school either. But when you're learning stuff that you're passionate about now, I was like, Whoo, I love learning. Like bring it on. Did you feel like that too?
1: Dude, you, you can't, I can't tell you. So right now we're doing some construction stuff and <laughs> it's so off my, you know, anything I know about. So half the time I'm on a call with people and they'll say a word. I don't know anything. And I'm like, I'm writing it down, and I'm like, and so, like, right after the call, I'm like, okay, what does it mean? And I'm, like, looking it up, and I'm like, okay, okay, I know for the next time. Like, dude, dude you got to get in rooms that you're uncomfortable with and understand that they're not looking for you to know everything. They're just asking, are you engaged? If you're mm-hmm. engaged and listening and you're coachable, that's the number one thing. Are you yeah. coachable? Yeah. Is your ego taking a backseat to the situation? Dude, I got a financial advisor that manages $1.8 half the time he's talking, I literally don't know what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> like, I'm I'm dead serious. I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. But I'm sure you can manage money. So sounds good. But I guarantee you some of that seeps in. And over time, you start picking up on it. And you're like, oh,
2: okay, like,
1: I, 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 I understand. And, and so but we become this thing of I got to know everything, right? You, nobody can think about a response ever anymore. Mm-hmm. We can't, you know, like, You can't take five seconds, right? And like say, oh, let me think about it. Let me, let me, let me come to you when I'm less emotional and let me have a proper response. No, no. That would be like, whoa, like, who do you think you are? And so get in rooms that you shouldn't be in, show up, allow yourself to be coachable. And I promise you that where we are in in society with technology and everything, it can happen like that. And I mean, it can happen so quick because. Um, this guy I study a lot. Um, I think I sent him to you, Naval. He says that like technology is so fast right now that you need to learn basics. You don't need to learn everything
0: because mm-hmm. it's always
1: changing. So if you have a foundation of basics, then you can learn what the uh, there's this book. God, I don't know how why I haven't sent you this yet. So it's 99 cents. This guy makes way too much money. He is the best at what he does. It's called hundred million dollar offers make offers so good. They'll think they're stupid by turning it down or something like that. And he says that he was so naive in business that he didn't read a bunch of books. When he got into business, he got into business. And then when he had a problem, he would find a book or a mentor to fix the problem. And that way he just kept moving forward. And I was like, Oh my goodness. How <laughs> smart is that? Like, because right. We create all these things. What? The- What's the LLC? What's the tax code? What's you know, It's like, dude, just just go in and do it and with action. You'll create so much more movement than you will by just sitting on the sidelines.
0: And that's what I do today. If I come up against a problem, I'm like, okay, let's find a book and see. I've got a few written down here. I think I have the slight edge from way back in the day. So now,
1: but, but, but here you go. I want to tell the book that changed my life and it changed my coaching client's life. I've, mm-hmm. I think I bought 60 books. And I'm about to buy five more. Uh, what you say when you talk to yourself. Oh. So, so here's the problem. We're about to go to school for a second. So everything that exists in your life is 95% your subconscious mind. So the programming that you have as a two-year-old, as a one-year-old, as a three-year-old, is how you show up in the world. It forms your attitude. It forms your behaviors and patterns. So until you reprogram the conversations that are going on between the ears, will never change. Until you understand that your brain has neurons in it that wants to attach themselves. Hey, this is easy. Well, if you say I suck, I suck, I suck, you're gonna suck.
2: Mm-hmm. If you
1: say I'm amazing, I attract money, I I'm healthy, I'm everything. Here's the rub. Let's say you want to stop smoking cigarettes. You don't stop smoking cigarettes. You say I am healthy. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore for 30 days. And then you wake up and you have a cigarette in your hand and go, I don't even know why I had this. I don't smoke cigarettes. I didn't drink because I enjoyed it. I drink because my subconscious mind said, I got off of work. I'm going to have a cocktail. Mm-hmm. And then I would look up and there'd be a drink in my hand. And I didn't even know I grabbed it. So until you change your programming, nothing will change. This book, that's all it does to talk about this.
0: Oh, I've got a couple good ones written down. I'm going to head on over to Amazon as soon as we're done here. I need to get, I need to get some affiliate links going on. We're working on it right now. <laughs> you definitely do. So can you talk? You have a podcast called Construct Your Life. What inspired you to start the podcast?
1: So my life was falling apart. So I decided to, to start a podcast that was called Construct Your Life. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so I literally started the podcast, released it five days before I got divorced and five days after I got laid off. And so, uh, I, uh, was collecting, uh, unemployment, traveling, uh, and then I started my own job. So whatever. And I literally poured myself into these conversations. I was doing nine to 10 podcasts a day. And I didn't know that's not, that's not how you did it. I was just like, I'm going to meet as many people as possible. And so in 11 months, I recorded 250 episodes, uh, or like you know like something crazy like that it was like 170 or something and it allowed me the space uh, to kind of live my life out through the podcast
2: mm-hmm. and, and meet these amazing
1: people and so the the premise of the podcast is everybody has a story they need to share it and then the second premise is is how to build a lifestyle not a bank account and so when you focus on a lifestyle you create a space where you can operate regardless of where the wind is blowing, right? And I think too many people let outside forces dictate how they operate, how they shut in this world. Well, it's raining today, I can't do this. And so I adopted this framework of win the day and create a lifestyle. So I operate, whether it's raining, snowing, cold, wherever I am, and, and that has kind of the premise of this is interviewing people to share their stories. Uh, people talk about cancer, alcoholism, uh, building businesses, getting let go, firing. And you know one of the interesting comments that i think is need to wake up to the fact my buddy asked me this question about a year ago and it's a very important question he said do you think that you can be highly successful if you haven't got punched in the damn mouth and i said no and here's how i know that three of the richest people that i know lost everything and not only lost everything went negative two million they were reading books at Barnes and Noble because they couldn't afford a book. And all those guys were worth 30, 50, and 70 million right now. Guys, stop walking around acting like there's not going to be problems. Doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or you make a hundred bucks, there's always going to be problems. How you handle them is what defines us.
0: Absolutely. And I've heard that from entrepreneurs over and over and over again. You know, a lot of them will go bankrupt, but they keep going because they have this purpose that's greater than themselves and they know that eventually things are going to happen, right? And it it goes back and forth. So I love that you mentioned that. And um, now I totally forgot what I was going to ask you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was going to mention. So, you know, it's, it's funny you say how you started the podcast, because when I started the Road to Health, I was traveling for corporate and for me. I love I love food, right? I love eating out, I love sampling different, you know, cuisines and stuff like that. And so I was working with a coach on my health and one of the things I wanted to do is reclaim control over my health while I traveled for business. Mm-hmm. And then that was sharing my journey in doing that. But then of course when COVID hit, I was like, okay, not traveling anymore and I actually wrote that first book and I shared part of my story, and that's where the road beyond recovery was born because I was like, there is a road beyond recovery, right? I have created a life, like you said, right? You don't even think about drinking anymore, it's not even there. I've created a life so good for myself, and it's not perfect by any means, but it's so good that I can't even imagine going back and I'm taking people through this journey of the road beyond recovery, my journey through entrepreneurship, you know, what I'm doing right, what happens that I've learned from, because it's always an opportunity to get better.
1: No, it's so true because, you know, people, people think I'm funny, but there's two types of people that I will hire like that, military and people that have been in recovery. Yeah. Because they're they're so damn happy about not being there anymore. They have no they have no choice but to show up happy as shit <laughs> 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 the, the, the expectations on the fun meter are really low and they're very excited about life you know yeah and it's it, when you see the life will flip on true story we started the first uh, mentor group um in my in my in my, in my um, the recovery mastermind for charity kind of thing and that girl works for me now and she's lost 40 pounds. She's a mom of three. Um, she's coaching people now. And it was literally when I say this, the first call, the first call, there's like seven people on the call. She starts crying. She's like, oh my God, I'm always crying. And I've said, hey, hey, I have a cry. It's cool. And I was a math addict. It's okay. She texts me afterwards. She goes, that's the first time in eight years that people haven't judged me for being emotional. And that was a C. Yeah. And she's, I mean, when I say an entirely different person, I don't even know who this person is anymore. And it's so amazing to see. And so if you have the opportunity to give that gift to somebody, and here's what's even better. You ready for this? Her family has never been that healthy. Her mom is working out. Her sons are working out. Her dad's working out. She's off of all of her medicine that she was on for high cholesterol. diabetes like dude come on that right there alone means that everybody that has a story needs to share it and continue to share it we talk about this all the time in marketing right i help clients with marketing if you can't serve your audience at 10 followers then you can't serve them at a million Mm
2: -hmm.
1: don't disrespect the people that are showing up for you just because you want to get bigger service mm-hmm. the ones that are in front of you. And I promise you, they will service you for the rest of your career.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. Is there anything more you want to add before we wrap it up? I mean, you and I could keep talking forever. Because every time we get on a call, it's like, okay, I gotta go. I have another call. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go. I
1: gotta go. No, I'm good. You know, I just thank you for what you do. Um, you know, I do love this is what I do love. I do love how the recovery veil is, is kind of being removed a little bit. Uh, it's very exciting to be around um, this kind of movement uh, where people are talking about it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I will continue to share my story. So anybody that's out there that has a story, I want you to share it. And I want you to know this one thing. I don't need you to be anything that you think you aren't because as you sit today, you're enough. And that's what you need to understand. And tomorrow you'll be enough. And the next day you'll be enough. And the the moment that you realize that, then you can go create whatever it is that you want to do. But just know that it doesn't matter if you're a little awkward or you you, you think nobody's going to understand your story. I promise you, you're not alone. (laughs) Scary thing is your story is more familiar than you think. and, (laughs) And make sure that you share it with somebody. (laughs)
0: couldn't agree with you anymore so awesome so if people want to get a hold of you and learn more about what you do how can they contact you or follow you
1: so austinlinny.com you have it down on the bottom that's the best way it has on my podcast is everything shoot me a message on instagram Uh, austinlinny i love to respond to everybody see how i can help out uh and that's the best way to get a hold of me
0: amazing thank you for being on the show it's always so great to chat with you oh thank you so much well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and Austin's energy. What a great guy. So privileged to be able to meet these people, right? That had it not been for the online space or this podcasting platform, I, we probably wouldn't have met. So, so cool again. And remember, if you are interested in joining Lane and I, for a six session masterclass on how to change your brain, head on over to the website at www.theroadforward.ca slash change your brain. And I'll see you on the next episode. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.